When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Wednesday night. You know what that means. It means you are locked, loaded, and logged in to the Wrestling Inc. podcast, live or archived, whatever you fancy, as we're going to talk about AEW Dynamite and whatever else comes over the Super Chat fence. I am your host, Justin Labar, alongside former WWE referee of over 20 years, the man with the plan and stripes. He is Mr. Jimmy Corderas. Jimmy, how are you? I'm doing well, uh, trying to deal with this up and down and ever-changing weather up here in Toronto. Mm. And normally she gets to bask in her beauty and its beauty of the warm, wonderful climate while we're freezing our asses off or uh, <laughs> just trying not to blow away. But she cannot do that. She has to join the rest of us here uh, in, the, in the periled weather of the Northeast. She's in New York City for the week. She is the Demon Diva, Issa. How are you? I'm doing well. Happy to be here with you guys to talk about Dynamite. Glad to have you. Uh, how long? Uh, not 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 to have creepers like like tailing you, but like how how long are you uh, staying in the country with us? <laughs> Probably for another week, week and a half. You know, I I had a couple of busy weekends doing full gear and and dynamite, so now I'm catching up with a couple of real life things before I head back to paradise. Nice. Well, great job. And, and you know, we 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 gave you a shout out Monday because it was relevant to the topic. Uh, but uh, you know, just tell you now since you're on here, great job uh, with Survivor Series War Games and and obviously part of the post press conference and. Getting that Puerto Rican news in there from Triple H. Yep, it was it was an incredible moment. I don't know how I was able to put together a sentence after I realized he called everybody out for me. <laughs> but um, but you know, I, I I was very happy when he announced that. A lot of people are and getting overwhelmed love and support, you know, for getting a knowledge and getting the chance to speak. Obviously, there's not a lot of women in wrestling media, so that meant a lot to me. But honestly, what really made my heart skip a bit was him talking about something big coming for Puerto Rico soon, and I can't wait for that. Awesome. Yeah, that is awesome. You're right. There's not a there's not a ton of females uh, in the wrestling media, and and and, and you're you stand out because uh, of the bilingual factor that you are. Right, a regular on Wrestling Inc. Uh, and English speaking, and, 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 and then Lucha Libre. So I mean, you're, 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 you're expanding your audience quite quickly. Yeah, you gotta, you know, if you if you have that talent on speaking a couple of languages, why not take advantage of it? Hell yeah, yeah. hell yeah. Well, I, I do up here in Canada. I speak Canadian and uh, and also North American. So, hey. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, if that's the case, then I speak Dominican, Puerto Rican, Argentinian. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can keep going. <laughs> 
We'll see if that's the case. Then I speak redneck. I speak Yinzer. I speak, you know, there's a little bit of everything. I don't know, oh, I I don't know where I'm at, whether it's Southern Maryland or Pittsburgh or albeit. All right. Uh, let's go ahead and get going because we have a lot as I sit here and take notes. Uh, I, I found it, you know, even though I have, t- I have chicken scratch handwriting, I've always found for dynamite, it's just I could just move quicker if I write freehand on a notebook versus trying to type things or trying yeah. to whatever. And I'm filling up a lot of pages. Uh, an MJF promo occupied an entire page just for me to keep track of what happened there. So if you're one of those people that tunes into this podcast wanting to find out the highlights of the show and you did not actually sit and watch the show, uh, put a pin in that one. We're going to get to it here in a little bit. But we kick it off. Dynamite coming to you from Indianapolis, Indiana. Crowd uh, pretty fired up, pretty hype as they would be most of the night. Got to give a uh, got to give some stars and shout out to the crowd. They, they stayed with it. it made, that always helps make it exciting. And they're pumped up to see John Moxley, who's making his way through the crowd. Moxley, of course, they talk about how he's had a week to cool down <clears throat> since we last saw him. Uh, basically threatened William Regal and told Regal to get out, run, and never come back. Moxley gets in the ring and continues to talk about how nobody's going to outwork him. Talks about his uh, history and blood, sweat, and tears, paying his dues uh, not far from Indianapolis, uh, where they or not far from the arena where they were tonight in Indianapolis. And he challenges anybody, anybody within 100 miles, that could outwork him, out, out bleed him, everything. And who answers that challenge but Hangman Adam Page to a hell of a pop. And real quick, right hands get thrown, and we are brawling all around the ringside area. Eventually, this would uh, be picked back up a few seconds later in the parking garage to where they finally had to be separated. And uh, it's relayed through commentary that both men have been escorted out of the building because it's obvious they just mm-hmm. cannot get along here tonight. So pretty hot start. Uh, and, and gearing us towards what looks like Jimmy John Moxley's next feud now that he uh, seems to be done with MJF. Uh, are, are you excited for Hangman Adam Page, uh, who the crowd, again, seemed very excited to see these two guys brawling? It's it's going to be an interesting rivalry. That's damn sure. Uh, the one thing, though, here's the thing. I, I really did enjoy that opening segment. I enjoyed John Moxley's passion, his fire. his uh, He got me invested in him which is the whole goal, you know, putting out that challenge out there. Who can outwork me? Who can outwrestle me? Who can outswim me? Whatever the case may be. I mean, like he got me. And then here comes Adam Page. I'm going, oh, I wasn't expecting that. That's pretty cool. This, you know, these two can have a very fiery rivalry and one that needs, and they, they threw hands and they had the big breakup and everybody trying to break this up. It moved too fast because right after that, I'm not going to get into exactly what the match is because we'll talk about the match after, but they didn't give that moment time to breathe and let the audience absorb it and take it in and, and just say, Hey, did you see what we just saw? They went right to the next thing. And then all of a sudden it's like, okay, next moving on. Uh, Yeah. I mean, and it's funny because later on again, in a big angle they would do later on, uh, I did think they let some things breathe uh, ironically. Um, Issa, We've seen in recent months, we've seen John Moxley uh, against CM Punk in a situation where crowd very split, uh, kind of, you know, whose side does the, is the crowd supposed to be on? Who's the face? Who's the heel? Um, we just got done with John Moxley, MJF, obviously very much a situation there, whether they whether the booking wanted it or not. MJF, very polarizing. Do you agree with three in a row with Moxley and Hangman Page? Again, Moxley being put in a feud where he's not going to be the overwhelming decidedly babyface he you know the crowd is certainly going to be split yeah in this particular situation i kind of agree with it uh because of what we saw i mean i was very happy to see hangman come back the last time we saw him on tv was very scary so it was good that it ended up being a short term you know kind of thing so i was happy to see him back but there's a history there Moxley took him out and Moxley went into heel mode immediately asking Hangman Page, are you sure you want this again? You know how the last time went. So I already had a feeling that Moxley knew how he's going to be working this feud uh, when it comes to Hangman. And, you know, I, I tend to, you know, be a little bit picky with AEW about not telling good stories, but this story makes sense. Moxley took out Hangman Page. It will make perfect sense for Hangman to come after him. And you have two former world champs main eventing going into some kind of grudge field that doesn't necessarily require a belt, but it's still interesting and you are invested into it. So I, I personally really like this. If I have to go into a little bit of nitpicking is that they opened last week with Moxley. They opened this week against with Moxley. So you could have probably put it, maybe have the match to open up and then put the segment just to not have the same opening because it felt a little deja vu at first. But overall, I really enjoyed this and I'm looking forward to this feud. 
Well, I can understand the nitpick, but I, I guess maybe to, uh, uh, to respond to why they did that, you know, obviously the opening segment is always a very big audience segment, and, and John Moxley seems to have proven to them that he's a good opening segment guy that keeps that crowd around. So, uh, which that might answer what my next question was going to be, which is a little surprise Moxley sticking around. You know, we thought that he was going to be going off taking a, a time, well deserved time off on vacation after all out, but then uh, CM <laughs> yeah. Punk happened. Um, and so Moxley has stuck around and I guess he's going to continue to stick around, uh, probably because it's been said to him, Hey, we really need you right now. I don't think he wanted to vacation cause he's the one calling people out. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I would like actually popped if somebody would have called him out and he would have came out and be like, I'm just trying to go on vacation guys. Can you guys just give me one week? <laughs> um, and maybe the, dynamic, maybe the thirst for vacation changes now that he has his wife. If he has a wife and the family on the road now, it's not, uh, mm -hmm big of a deal i don't know uh we'll get we'll get back to renee here in a little bit Def, yeah it's definitely a different dynamic when you're traveling with your wife so that's for sure instead of leaving your family at home jimmy did did you ever get the luxury uh since you and Aldra got married did Aldra ever get to do a loop with you uh or was that was or was that a no-no for for anybody but uh the for but a, but a wrestler who got special permission no it was occasional where you know let's say it was somewhere uh, i'll give it like in florida or something we had a little run in florida and you know of course i'd ask the office is it okay if i bring my wife down for this little uh this little loop and they're, you know they're usually okay with it it's it, you know but the only problem is you don't load your car up with your normal traveling partners unfortunately chimmel had to travel with us but that's about <laughs> it yeah <laughs> that's funny <laughs> Who, who, who do you want riding shock on your wife or Chimel? You know, the, the great oh, debate. Oh, there's there's no debate there. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we do quickly get into the first match of the night, which uh, Jimmy was alluding to, and it's Dax Harwood up against Brian Danielson. Kind of a fun, uh, really on paper, really, uh, fun match. Before you even start to see any action, you have Brian Danielson, who who you know, if you go down the, if you want to go under learning trees, uh, trained by many people, but one of the trainers was Shawn Michaels. And Dax Harwood, while never trained by Bret Hart, is wildly open about how much of an influence Bret Hart uh, is on both he and his tag team partner. So just kind of a little cool modern day 2022, uh, uh, you know, uh, extension of, of the legends themselves. But uh, Dax Harwood, Brian Anderson, I got to say, Indianapolis, you, you don't don't start killing the credibility of your this is awesome. Chain. They started chanting this is awesome before the guys had even locked up, like let them <laughs> let them lock up for a minute. <clears throat> they gave it to him again later. Well deserved. Uh, this match is, though, I think really good, uh, hard-hitting. Both these guys, you know, I, I tweeted, Dax Harwood's a very good tag team wrestler. Dax Harwood's a very good singles wrestler. Mm -hmm. um, this is really good. Ultimately, though, we are going to get Danielson with the win. He's going to make Dax tap, uh, but we get the uh, handshake and hug after the fact, so mm -hmm. no ill-will feelings between these two. Uh, Issa, your thoughts? I love this match. Uh, very technical, but yet hard-hitting. What you would expect from both of these guys. I personally thought that the finish, not the finish itself, but who was going to go over was a little predictable, but it didn't take away from the enjoyment of this match. And like you said, it's incredible to see Dax Hartwood like in singles matches because what they do as a tag team is incredible. And then you see him shine on his own again and to keep up with Brian, that, that's a big deal. And he did very, very well today. They gave this time, this match, the time that it deserved. It was probably one of the things that I was the most hyped about when I looked at the car today before AW started and he delivered. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Jimmy, I mean, where, where are we going here? I mean, uh, Brian Danielson, again, we're going to see him later on uh, in a pivotal segment. Uh, Dax Harwood, you know, half of a tag team that's holding some tag team gold. Um, you know, are you good with the usage of these two guys having this match or do you think there's somebody, you know, maybe other participants more in need that should have had the spot? What say you? Well, you can make that argument that somebody uh, th could have used that, that spot that Dax Harwood had because Dax, like you said, is in a tag team with a cash. And, mm -hmm. and uh, despite the fact that, like you guys said, the match was incredible. I love the match. I thought it, it told a great story. These guys worked really hard. The spots didn't look too choreographed. I mean, like you're in there with da uh, Brian Danielson. So, you know, hey. And, and Dax proved that he could hang with pretty much anybody in the business. And, uh, you know, uh, I did love it. But you can make that argument that that single spot could have gone to someone who could have uh, used a little elevation by being in the ring with, with Brian Danielson. And don't get me wrong, Brian Danielson is the right choice for the winner here. And like Issa said, I didn't expect any other outcome. I just like the way they got there. But uh, it, I... To your question, Justin, yes. Uh, to pick a name, 
Ooh, I'm trying to think of somebody off the top of my head is kind of hard, but at the same time, yes, so, uh, another singles wrestler ele- to elevate his status a little bit and, and get over without going over would have benefited from that spot. It's hard to pick a name because there's too many to choose from. Exactly. <laughs> uh, of course, we uh, noted that we would see Paige and Moxley getting backstage fighting, as we already talked about. Mm-hmm. Uh, they toss it to Renee, who is at a soundstage in Nashville. Hmm. Question mark. Uh, she's sitting in between uh, Claudio and Wheeler Yuta, uh, what's left of the Blackpool Comet Club, I guess. And then on the other side of her, it is the uh, Jericho Appreciation Society minus Chris Jericho. And basically coming out of this, uh, Claudio talks about how he loves the Ring of Honor title. It was his first world title he ever won. Um, and you know, he's talking about how he has something to prove. He came to AEW, sick of sports entertainment and sit-down interviews and promos. He just wants to prove he's the best wrestler. Of course, he's challenging Chris Jericho for that Ring of Honor world title at Final Battle. But then after that, we get a little trash talk from Wheeler Yuta and Daniel Garcia. And uh, Yuta challenges Garcia for the Ring of Honor Pure Championship. An attempt, an attempt mm-hmm. at trash talk. Lamar, please. <laughs> <laughs> well, he saw. I'll let you go ahead and take there it. Uh, they, 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 they reinforced the world title match at the, at the Ring of Honor pay-per-view coming up in a few weeks. They uh, made a new title match. Um, I, I mean, did this do business for you or, or was this a, a want-want? Well, I, it was doing business for me until Willer Yura opened his mouth. <laughs> but <laughs> sorry, he's just not. There's something missing when he cuts a promo for me, at least personally. But I did like the segment. I'm very big on presentation. And just Claudio is just so good at presenting himself like a champ, not only in the ring, but when he's doing these promos, the way he was dressed up, the way he cut his promo, the way he addressed everything that was going on, he just looked like a guy that's above. All of these guys, right? When you look across, and I get it, the JAS is their gimmick, but you look across and you see Hager sitting there shirtless in his little bucket hat, and you compare him to Claudio sitting there in his nice suit, speaking, you know, very well spoken. It just, it made Claudio look great. I'm not sure that Wheeler Yura did anything for me here. I am tired of the Blackpool Combat Club and JAS, though. Like, they could they could just go over there and go at it, and I'm tired of it. These views, they've been going at it since before, double or nothing. Come on. Yeah, I mean, Jimmy, it, it, you know, a big part of the uh, some of the shots that the JAS was taking was, you know, the Blackpool Combat Club is falling apart. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that's 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 hard to argue that. Um, uh, but I mean, what did, what did you think here with with, with with in terms of presentation of this whole thing? And again, the the soundstage in Nashville thing. And I was expecting, mm-hmm. as I said that, I only had a second or two to process it before they tossed to the video. My mind went to like <clears throat> this spectacular set of. AEW monitors and all this stuff and all they, maybe maybe they have like a new studio set up they're going to start to unveil and utilize Renee in and, hmm. and it and it looked like a looked like a, just a blank green room that could have been anywhere yeah yeah exactly they made it sound like a, oh, there's just going to be this special spot that they're going to be doing this presentation from and it just felt like a, a, a small corner of the arena they were already in you know what I mean and, and yeah. saying that it was Nashville was I, I was expect I was expecting Todd Pettengill like live wire style <laughs> you know? yeah pretty much but as far as the segment itself I thought it delivered especially like you said he so with Claudio Claudio just yeah he's just a special talent and like, like you said inside the ring outside the ring everything he says when he says it it is believable and that's that's the thing you have to get people to believe what you're saying and claudio does that very well wheeler is working at it he's trying hard and uh, you know maybe he'll get there but uh it's it's a different presentation let's put it that way and uh as far as the blackpool combat club and their issues uh, uh, versus jas yeah they can move on but let's 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 come to a definite conclusion before that happens and uh i like the idea of having claudio going after the roh championship because right now with with jericho holding it obviously he's a huge name that could help elevate that title in stature and it already has but uh, whether it is from a business standpoint trying to get a great television deal whatever the case may be uh, Claudio as a, the ROH champion would be a great representative for that title. Yeah, I love I love this because look, he he's not Cesaro. He's back to Claudio Casanoli, and Claudio Casanoli's biggest name value was in Ring of Honor. Yeah. So I, I like the thought of him challenge. I like him being the most credible challenger to date to get that world title off of Jericho. Um, you know, obviously the match I think is going to be spectacular. Just between the two, they don't they don't have bad matches. And, and going way back to what Issa said a few minutes ago about presentation. I've always I, I like it when Claudio's in a suit. I think he's such you know he's six foot five. He's lean muscle. He is such a badass, and we all know that. When he's in a suit, he looks like he looks like a special agent. He looks like a guy that'd be like in a CIA operatives movie that could 
that could you know uh, you know kill you with with a pencil. Um, so I, I I like the presentation of Claudio, and I'm 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 not going to pay money to order Final Battle as it stands right now, but I um, I'll be very curious to see as many clips as I can see on social media, and be very curious to find out what the the uh, right the, the the conclusion is. So we'll see. But uh, that's it, folks, from Nashville. Back to Indianapolis we go. <laughs> All right, we get AR Fox, who is the newly signed, the latest signee, who is elite, is AR Fox. He goes up against TNT champion Samoa Joe. Uh, some, you know, insanely Poor AR Fox. <laughs> yeah. Some insanely athletic uh, maneuvers by Fox. Uh, just agility off the charts, but that's uh, only going to last him so long until he gets caught by Joe. Joe's going to hit the muscle buster and win. Joe then grabs the mic, says, "Welcome to your new era, a new glorious era." He goes, "I am the king of TV." To which Wardlow comes up on the big screen and uh, mocks how original of a moniker that is. And says it's almost as bad as War Joe uh, and proceeds to say that he's going to be coming for Joe. He's going to take back what's mine, which is the TNT championship. Uh, Jimmy, mm-hmm. obviously I love seeing Wardlow and, 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 I, and I, I, he shouldn't have, I don't think he should have ever, I don't think his TNT title run was done a lot of justice, but I don't, I wish he still had the title. I'm a little surprised that they're keeping him in the mix. I kind of figured, okay, if you're taking the title off of him, you must have different plans elsewhere for him, uh, but no, it, it seems like they're going to keep him in this t- in this mid card title mix. Uh, y- your reaction to what we saw tonight with Joe and then Wardlow? Yeah, I'm not a big fan of this, and I think the fans are not a big fan of this. And it, I think it showed tonight because the the reaction that Wardlow got was not what he used to get. It was a little, yeah, yeah, he got the, he got a bit of a pop, but it wasn't the Wardlow pop that we were used to hearing because he was so oh yeah, Issa. It's because he was dressed like he belonged in a Hallmark movie. That's not the world <laughs> anybody wants to see. What was that outfit? Like, no, I'm sorry. Not the right fit. Continue, Jimmy. No, no. Th- and that's part of it. It's all in presentation. And and he just seems like just when he dressed like you said, Isa, he looked like just another talent on the roster as opposed to, as opposed to this, this, this gigantic uh, figure that should be featured every week in some form or fashion, whether it's a video package or, or he doesn't have to wrestle every week and be in a match and beat, beat the crap out of somebody, but at least have him seen every week. Yeah, I mean, it, it feels like they had some lightning in a bottle <clears throat> months ago with the the Goldberg-esque comparisons of the crowd and of yeah, the walk, they threw the, the bottle entrance. into the ocean and nobody yeah. has found it yet. Yeah, <laughs> no, they it, left, somebody left the cork off. Yeah, it, <laughs> I don't know, and and I and I laugh because it's true. I laugh at what Issa says because this time of year, you know, this time of year now, the Hallmark Christmas movies, the ones that are so awful that they're great, are on TV, and we actually have a book here at the house of like the fifty greatest Hallmark Christmas movies you have to watch, and and then in them, there's all kinds of funny quotes and like bingo cards of like you know snow-filled streets but we can't see their breath while they're speaking or drone shot of lonely car on an ice like there's all these fun things of, of, of all the cliches and also it's fresh in my mind and you're absolutely right he looks like a guy that would be on a hallmark which is exact which is exactly what he is not so uh i can't wait for him to hear that or for me to tell him i think that's a, that's a fantastic <laughs> that's a fantastic way to rile the big guy up yeah i'll let you tell him justin that's for sure <laughs> It'll yeah, be- there's there, there's no need to basic be Borlo. Like he's so far from that, and somehow they managed to really make him look basic tonight. Mm-hmm. I'm like, how dare you? Like I felt disrespected. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we'll see. Uh, it should be noted also that I think it was right after this they did show another vignette of Hobbs, uh, Will Hobbs, and I bring it up because he's all you know. He also recently has been seen with Joe and Wardlow, so I, I don't think it was an accident that they formatted to have this. Then air the showing hops walking around Oakland, California, walking the streets, talking about how he's been bullied and beat up, and how that's made him into the the man, the character he is now. And uh, we got a to be continued. So this is a continue a continued series of um, which I'm fine with because I think that I always like it when they do you know do some character development, give me backstory. What about Hobbs? What about where he grew up? What about you know? So you think if you look you know. at Hobbs, right? Let me ask you a question. If you look mm-hmm. at Hobbs, do you see him as the guy that will get bullied? Would you try to bully that dude? Mm-hmm. Not okay. now. I mean, maybe maybe, maybe no. we'll find out that there was a bigger Hobbs that bullied him. Please, come on. Yeah. Like, that... he, he, gave me, he gave me flashbacks on when, when Braun Strowman was trying to do that, and you're like, yeah, okay, bud, good luck with that. <laughs> yeah. Like, There's yeah. nobody walking up to powerhouse Hobbs and bullying him. So mm-hmm. I appreciate it, too, the character development, because they need it. But it's mm-hmm. like, give me something a little more believable. Like, I'd rather him be walking from the streets and say that's where he come from, and he, and he overcame that. Like, you know, it would be, like, mm-hmm. so much better. I don't know. I, I just didn't like it. 
At least, at least make it seem like when you were younger, you weren't this big, big kid. And, you know, you got to a certain age where you sprouted or something or anything. But, you know, like you said, Justin, he, to me, he, he looks like one of those guys that was a, like a big kid growing up. So, you right. know, why would anybody mess with him? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I wish when he stopped at the street corner, he just would have stole all the money from the craps game and kept walking. That and the right. dice. And the, and the dice. And the dice. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> just for good measure, so they just can't keep measure. the game. <laughs> All right, so uh, to be continued on the book of Hobbes. Mm-hmm. All right, this is a long one. I I, I don't know if I want to do all of this at once because I feel like I'd be talking for ten minutes. So let's uh, we'll just kind of go. <laughs> I mean, that's what he did. He <laughs> talked for about thirty. So. Yeah. We'll go. We'll go chapter by chapter and try to stick okay. with this here. All right. So first off, uh, we we get we uh, we know that coming up next is going to be we're going to hear from MJF first time since he's won the title um regal comes out he comes walking into the ring into the ring very quick basic intro of mjf and of course commentary mind you it's key to say commentary is selling the fact that oh my god look at william regal has the audacity to show his face knowing john moxley has been kicked out of the building earlier uh for his fighting with with page so that's that's something to keep in mind so mjf comes out mjf basically says that uh you know regal had sent him an email a few weeks ago that's kind of what started this alliance uh, and that Regal noted that MJF had become weak. This is right after uh, MJF had been attacked by the firm. And Regal said, you have much to learn. Uh, and he said, you know, Regal said, don't worry about the ring. You know, grab for the brass ring. Of course, alluding to the brass knucks. Uh, they met behind closed doors. And then that's kind of where they all came to the conclusion on this. Uh, MJF does note, and I like this kind of for, kind of closing this deal up here. MJF does mention the firm. He says he kind of respects them for attacking him when he was weak. Uh, and, and so that kind of just reminds everybody they're all on the same heel side. Let's just let that uh, die down. MJF promises change out with the old and with the new. That includes the current world title, which he thinks is garbage. He hates that he sees it. and He has to think about the people that have held it before. He unveils the triple B, the big Burberry belt. He says only he should be recognized, not fake tough guys like Eddie Kingston, not fake tough guys or fake stars like Ricky Starks, uh, not the any of the indie darlings that the fans want to push. And certainly not fake wrestlers like Brian Danison, who he said compared to Danison, couldn't wrestle out of a GD paper bag. Let's stop it there. Issa, mm-hmm. your first reactions, MJF's uh, initial explanation of he and, and William Regal working together uh, in that victory against Moxley, uh, name dropping Eddie Kingston and others, and then, of course, unveiling the title belt. I don't know. That title belt looked like it was Chinatown Burberry. I didn't like it. <laughs> it, it wasn't it. I, it's, I don't know. Whatever I respect him for washing the off champions off, but it just it I didn't think the belt was what I expected, so it felt very uh, wish dot com version of a replica belt. To me. Well, Jimmy, you unveil the new belt so you can sell more replicas, increase the merchandise stand, right? Well, I mean, that's make the them appealing. <laughs> yes, that's the idea is to make money off of this. Uh, it's just that, that I get it to make it the Burberry belt. It fits with him, and it I, I think the belt should have looked more like his scarf. You couldn't see the, the, this, you know, uh, the design was very subtle on the belt. The print. Yeah. Yeah. The print was very subtle on the bench. So you couldn't see it very well, especially on the wide, when when it was the, uh, the hard camera shot, Mm -hmm. you know, if you got close, you go, Oh yes, there it is. So you had to, you had to get a close up shot of it. Uh, It should have been more pronounced, you know, and uh, other than that, you know, I, I get the idea of having a different belt than whatever everybody, everybody remembers the old spinner belt back in the day. The reason yeah. for that was again, like you said, Justin, to make a different item for the merch stand to sell. Right, so I, I thought that this was sorry, Justin, but I thought it felt very repetitive up to this point. You read an email from, from Regal, which we've seen you do before. You're calling the, the crowd poor, which we've seen you do before. You're going to WWE, which we've seen you do before. And I feel like we waited three years for this moment. Level up the promo game as well, because now you are the man. So if you're going to say you're going to WWE, say you're going with the belt or say how much more money can I get now that I'm doing this? Like He cut the same promo that we sing a lot of times from him. And I love NJF. He's my favorite thing in AEW. So for me to not be a big fan of what we've seen up to this point, you know, but I have to point it out. It was the same thing over and over for a long time. Well, we've heard him talk about his favorite con, and it may be not be in Tony. He starts to go down that road again. Talks about how he is. This is going to be a very long title reign. He is going to be on top. 
Everybody in the locker room better get used to it. He's going to be on top for as long as he wants. In fact, he's going to be on top until the bidding war of 2024, where he says maybe uh, his favorite con needs to step up and, 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 and write the check. And he's not talking about Tony. He's talking about good old St. Nick and his boy Trips with a wink, wink. Uh, he then says maybe he gets sick of wrestling fans and maybe he just goes to Hollywood. Uh, so, you know, he kind of right there just again continues to dig in. We have heard it, but he continues just to dig into and lean into the rumors out there of, 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 of course, maybe he'd be a, high, a hot commodity WWE would want. And he's been linked to having some, um, you know, having some connection with Hollywood. And, and maybe that's the route that he goes where you can make a lot of money and don't have to bump. Um, so he, he touches on all that. Uh, any any general comments there or are we going to keep on moving? Not, not just that. Uh, I love the fact that he brought up the Hollywood as the as the third option. Yeah, you know that we, like you said, Isa, like Isa said, you know he's brought up the bidding war before, and he can't wait till his contract is almost up so that bidding war can begin. And you know, whoever offers him the most money, he's going to be champ the entire time until his contract is up, which is which is a nice little uh, addition to the promo. But adding Hollywood in the mix, I think, it was a good move. And again, every time he says this, every time he uses this whole bidding war of 2024, it just makes me, you know, logic would say, okay, they're going to run with this because he and TK have already secured a long-term deal. But I, I genuinely don't believe that that's happened. Mm-hmm. I genuinely don't believe. Uh, if it has, they are, he's done a great job working me and making me question this. But I, mm-hmm. I, I, I genuinely, I just think that, I think he's appreciative that Tony's paying him more. He's, he obviously got a raise from Tony, hence why he's back on TV. But I, I actually think that there's still going to be an opportunity for WWE or anybody to inquire about him when the time comes. Um, right. So, When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, so we keep going here. Talks about how, uh, and aside from he's going to be on top this entire time, don't expect to see him putting in all this effort, having to fight all the time, because that's not what he's about. He's a special attraction, rare, t- rare title defenses. He said nine out of ten times, you're going to have to pay pay-per-view money to see me. Uh, he says, I'm going to have a title reign, and, 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 he, and he basically says, I'm going to have a title reign that's going to you know, uh, you know, overshadow Hulk Hogan or JBL or Jeff Jarrett, or it's going to have Bruno San Martino rolling over in his shitty grave. Oh, wow. And then finally, <laughs> the big tag to it all is it looks like he's getting ready to gift William Regal the brass knuckles. As he pulls these brass knuckles out of his uh, pocket, proceeds to circle around Regal, talks about how Regal's got 40 years in the business and is just reading off accolades about William Regal, and then knocks Regal out. Punches him in the back of the neck. Regal hits the ground, sells it, does not move. Max continues and finishes with cutting a promo on him of, you said that I was weak and I needed to get smart, but yet you're the one that was dumb enough to make a deal with the devil. And then Max proceeds to sign off to William Regal, repeating the words that Regal said to him in the rejection email many years ago. And uh, commentary selling this like crazy. Regal's not moving. All hands on deck medical are out there with the with the, the board and the stretcher. MJF exits through the crowd, so he doesn't even go through the locker room. So in theory, it's like he's not even having to pass his boss or pass his co- co-workers. He's going rogue and just walking out the front door. Uh, and Regal stretched it out, and they did not rush to the next match. They really hung and lingered around this, eventually going to a commercial, and even coming back from that, showing uh, Regal getting loaded onto the ambulance, being driven off. And again, all the commentators really in shock and awe and disgust of what MJF has done, noting Regal's neck problems and his health problems, and he can't be touched. Uh, Jimmy, uh, mm-hmm. promo started one way, as we talked about a few minutes ago. Very repetitive, kind of hit a lot of the same buttons, but certainly a swerve to end it. Uh, let's just talk about AEW's storyline from the moment here. Did you like that? Do you like the means of MJF essentially used William Regal? Absolutely, I like it because you know it shows that he is a master, as Tony Schiavone called him, a piece of shit. And when your commentary team uh, throws out the S word, you know what I mean. Most of the yeah. times, I would say, you know, oh come on, you know th- that wasn't necessary, but it fits so well and helps accentuate what a 
piece of crap, <laughs> you know, MJF came off as in this segment. I thought it was well done. I didn't see it coming. I, he got me, you know, maybe, I, you know, I was expecting something else, but for him to blast Regal like that and, and tell Regal, you know, you made a deal with the devil and all that sort of, I loved it. And, and like you said, Justin, I love the fact that they took their time with it. They let it breathe. They let people get emotionally invested in what happened. And of course, Regal's just laying there knocked out and, 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 and uh, Brian Danielson coming out, you know, for, with one, basically one shoe on and the whole bit. And just uh, the entire presentation of this worked for me. I enjoyed it. And I, where it leads to from here, uh, the eventual uh, Brian Danielson match versus MJF now has meaning. Yeah, Issa, uh, well, real quick, we'll talk to Corey Pride Super Chat. He says, will you admit MJF switching face would be wrong? At this time, yes, uh, Corey, but uh, eventually down the road, you can do it and make it work. And Jeff can make anything work. We saw mm -hmm. it. There's a couple of theses of him turning face, and he had the crowd right here, so he will make it work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, we do know it's ironic. He said most of the time, nine out of, nine out of ten times you have to pay to see him defend the title. He's actually going to defend the title on free TV at Winners Coming in a few weeks against Ricky Starks, but nonetheless. Um <laughs> It does seem like Brian Dennison would be the next pay-per-view match for him. Um, and we we did see Dennison. It does seem like the Blackpool Combat Club might be, a, you know, especially if Regal's off TV for a while and he's the whole roots of the Blackpool Combat Club. Mm -hmm. uh, Issa, your reaction to the using of William Regal and, 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 and you voiced the first half of this promo. What did you think of the second half? The second half hit it for me. The first half wasn't doing it for me. This did it. Um, um, he did a little bit of the, the the shit talking that he does, you know, and turning on Regal was the perfect thing to do here because I don't expect NJF to ever align with someone unless he can use them. And what else was he going to get out of Regal outside of helping him win the title? There's nothing left for Regal to do for him. So if he's the devil, that's what he calls himself. And that, that's what you expect him to do. So I did like him turning on Regal right away too. Like I have nothing, you know, there's nothing left for you to do for me and getting his ultimate revenge, which is almost a weird baby face kind of way you know mm -hmm. like you did turn me down and look where i'm at now um so yeah i like the second half i did think it was too long i'm sorry and 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 fjf has shared how he also has hdhd i have it too you lost me a long time ago you can't talk for that long and not lose <laughs> your adhd people trust me yeah. but i enjoyed it the presentation that custom suits it better than you in the pinstripes oh yeah i just talked about claudio doing it you wait three years for this guy to come out a champion and he delivered even the tan was better he went to a more expensive tanning salon he wasn't sweating off his hands or anything so you know props to him i thought he i thought he looked like a champion but i will say the first half of it you know didn't get me but that second half and turning on regal is the mjf that i know and love and for somebody that's being fan of this guy from the beginning, you wait three years for it. You love to see it. And I love him calling himself a special attraction. You were here week after week trying to make it to this point. So now enjoy the benefits of being the top guy. Yeah, don't defend it all the time. That was one of the critiques that I have for Moxley, being there wrestling every week. I didn't need to see it. Yeah, maybe, uh, maybe that's part of MJF's uh, raise. In his rider, he said there has to be a tanning bed that, that travels with them uh, it does it's definitely it's definitely a spray tan you can see it because of the <laughs> difference but this time it was a lot better yeah all right so storyline wise the devil used regal and, and to Issa's point i mean he doesn't need i mean he doesn't need regal to cut promos for him, right so what what did the, what does he really need regal uh for mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's storyline all right let's let's now go above the storyline let's 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 leave the dome let's now go <laughs> out into the uh to the real world it's too cold out there yeah <laughs> <laughs> It's a bit nipply in the wrestling real world. Things get cold and backstabbing <laughs> and dark and, and shady. Mm -hmm. When the idea, however long ago it was, Issa was even calling it weeks out leading up to all, uh, leading up to uh, Full Gear. When the thought and the pitch was, we're going to have Regal turn on Moxie and Regal's going to help MJF win. Do we think the plan was always in a week and a half later, MJF would turn right back on Regal? Or are they possibly getting ready to dust off a nice new nameplate in Stanford for William Regal? And is this a way to get something out of him and a storyline and write him off of TV? 
Uh, uh, Jimmy, I got to ask. There's been a lot of mm-hmm. things in the news lately that mm-hmm. it was thought that Regal might have signed a multi-year deal. But then there's, I mean, Dave Meltzer had a very long-winded <laughs> explanation mm-hmm. of what he knows or doesn't know, some of it off the record, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. It kind of sounds like maybe there's at least been the inqu- the inquiry from Triple H was very close with Regal. Mm-hmm. That maybe there's at least been the inquiry, you know, the 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 wondering could we get Regal back? And I mean, obviously, a contract's a contract, but there are also things in the in the business world of, you know, maybe WWE offers to buy the contract out to to right. pay that and then some to Tony to get to get Regal. So you know, and, and Regal's not a guy who's going to be main eventing, and you know, so it's not like trying to get. Um, uh, it's not it's not like trying to get a wrestler back. It's a guy who's going to work in, in the in the office, right? Uh, important position, but it's different than trying to get, you know, uh, Miro or somebody who you know who mm. you know to get. So, I mean, what are your thoughts here when you see this happen? Do you think at all that there's a chance that we've already seen the last of Regal on AEW TV? I think there's a possibility, definitely, and because, like you said, Justin, uh, Regal had a special relationship with Triple H. Those two were like uh, he he looked at him. I don't want to say like a father figure, but those guys were close as, as brothers, so to speak. And and okay, let's put it this way: Regal was almost like the older brother that uh, that 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 Hunter looked up to very much, and and valued his advice, his opinion, and everything. So that being a, a way to um, you know, to, to say goodbye to, to Mr. Regal in AEW would have been a great way to do it. Do I think that's going to happen? I don't think it's going to happen right away. There may be something before he heads back. There might be one little goodbye before that. But other than that, I, I, I think this was the plan for, in other words, uh, for MJF to turn on Regal. But now there's a reason for it behind the scenes, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, look, uh, Regal debut back in the spring. Again, a lot of debate. Did he sign a one-year deal? Did he sign a three-year deal? A lot of debate to that. Um, but, it, you know, we, I, Issa, we wouldn't think we we're going to see Danielson versus MJF until a pay-per-view, which the next pay-per-view is not until February or March, right? Right, Revolution. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they'd have to string. So, I mean, and, you know, and maybe Regal makes his reappearance there. And, I mean, you know, may, so, again, it's like, you know, and, and is that the last time they use him? I would think if he is leaving, this would be the last time. You use it to where. Me too. You get some impact or get some real extra heat on MJF, but it also in a way it's like you know you you, you just kill you, you killed him off effectively. He, you know, right. He, he, so, yeah. right. It, it felt that way, right? And like you said, they allowed that that beat down and, and Regal being out to go on for a long time. Even when we came back from commercial break, we're still seeing the ambulance. Like this really felt like somebody was being written off, either for a while like february like we just discussed if not if we don't see him again we did see triple h tweet out the war games the infamous war games video clip from regal mm-hmm. this weekend and that had everybody going crazy um i i personally expected somebody to tweet it out because war games is just not the same without regal <laughs> screaming it <laughs> i'm surprised he didn't get a video of him just saying especially for this but Listen, if Regal does go back, I don't blame him, um, you know, but at the same time, I, I, I did enjoy his time here in, in AEW. And if he stays, he's also doing some good work here. I mean, look, look at what he did for the storyline for MJF and Moxley and, the, and the, this entire few weeks. He's been one of the most interesting things on TV, just a slow burn watching him turn on, on Mox, you know, and now seeing this. Some people might want to see the payoff. What's going to happen with Regal when he comes back? You know, is Moxley going to be back on his side? So either way, it will work out, in my opinion. And and if I can, just for a second, jump in here. Um, you know, and, you know, the, the, there is a lot of talk of what goes on backstage at both companies and how the veterans are perceived. And sometimes it, it's been suggested that at AEW, the younger talent don't listen to the veterans as much as they should, possibly. And the, but at WWE, they are very hands-on and, and, and everybody is like ears open and, and very, you know, ask questions and they get answered. So maybe his talents there could be better utilized in WWE where he could, you know, they could benefit from his valued experience. Yeah. I mean, look, if, uh, you know, Triple H, uh, you know, when, when the Vince regime, when Vince was officially done in July, yeah, Triple H and obviously John, Or John Ornitis was talent relations, obviously was... Mm-hmm. quietly removed from that for the controversy. I think Bruce Pritchard took it over temporarily real briefly. I think as it stands now, Triple H is technically the one who holds that title. I could certainly see with that title, plus he's overseeing all of creative. I could certainly see 
William Regal being a very valuable, give him the title relations or at least a, a right hand man to it, or, and or because Regal also was was huge in scouting and evaluating talent internationally. And just before the pandemic happened, we saw NXT. You know, we heard the plans of you know, you know, and they, and they have still moved forward with some of this performance centers around the world and, and and having an NXT UK and NXT Japan and NXT India. And, and I know Regal is always really helpful to Triple H in that talent evaluation and, and talent scouting. So uh, whether he does it, goes back to help build that NXT pipeline and or helps just manage the talent on the Raw or SmackDown roster or a combination of both certainly would make sense. Um, so I, I think it's inevitable whether it happens soon or whether Regal really has to sit on his couch until the damn contract's up. I feel like it's eventually going to happen mm-hmm. um, for all the reasons that we talked about, and especially what Jimmy said and highlighting uh, the relationship those two men have. All right, so that was a huge part of Dynamite. That really was obviously the leading story. And, um, you know, again, next up, Ricky Starks versus MJF at Winter is uh, coming in a few weeks. But we get Ricky Starks coming out for a match against Arya Davari. Real quick, Ethan Page cutting a promo on Ricky Starks. Uh, Ricky Starks makes quick work of Arya Davari. Mm-hmm. I mean, Issa, you can't have anything less. If you got Starks challenging your world champion in a few weeks, he better make quick work of Arya Davari. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I was glad that that's what happened. I wasn't expecting a competitive match here. We already seen enough of Ricky Starks fighting from behind and being injured, so mm-hmm. let him show why he's right now the number one contender. You did forget to mention the most important part, which was uh, we saw hints of a broken Matt Hardy here, and mm-hmm. listen, I'm here for that. <laughs> yes, of course, uh, yeah. Stokely and the firm controlling mm-hmm. Matt, Matt Hardy's contract and, and what have you. Yeah. If you're following that, uh, Jimmy, I look in past AEW still would have let Ari Davari get some, uh, some hope spots in. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm glad that they at least had Ricky Starks make quick work of them. Uh, yeah, since it's a guy's challenging MJF, the devil yeah. in two weeks. Yeah. I guess you can call it the, the enhancement match. And, and, you know, Aria Davari, say what you will, people recognize the name. So it is a, a, a quote unquote credible win against someone that people know. And he made quick work of him. And he, like you said, he should going into this match against uh, MJF. It only made sense. I will say one thing I wouldn't mind, and maybe we'll get it next week, a little back and forth on the mic between the two of them, because I think Ricky Starks is a great promo and MJF can talk. So let them give me one back and forth between the two of them before we see the match. It feels like real quick, and, and then we'll stop. We'll put. We'll be done with our MJF talk. But Ricky Starks versus MJF uh, as MJF's first title defense at Winners Coming. Mm-hmm. I mean, Winners Coming. It's become one of their again their annual you know premium special episodes of Dynamite. Mm-hmm. This is just a match just to get your world champion on it, right? I mean, this is not going to. I mean, I, I envision a little bit of hope for Starks, but I envision honestly either MJF handling this pretty. You know, well, or or Brian Danielson comes out and just wrecks the whole thing and is out for blood, and that's going to start the Danielson chase of MJF for the next few months. I mean, obviously, MJF didn't even mention Starks tonight on his promo. Mm-hmm. What does no, that no, tell no, you no, about no, how no, he's seen no, it? No, he did. No, he did. Well, he maybe did. at some point between the thirty he, he, minutes, I yeah, must he, have missed. Yeah, it. he <laughs> called he he uh, when he talked about fake when he talked about fake tough guys like Eddie Kingston. He also talked about fake uh, fake TV stars like Ricky Starks, right. and tough guy. Oh yeah, yeah. one sentence out of a hundred. Okay, got but, it. But, yeah, but like you said, Justin, <laughs> it, it, you know, going into this match in in two weeks from from tonight, uh, do I expect Ricky Starks has a chance to win? No, 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 no. no. In fact, I would start the show with that match because nobody's gonna be. Nobody's sticking around for the main event. Yeah, is MJF in peril here? Start if the opening scene is a big deal. Start with MJF. Hit his music first. Let you know that that's going to get everybody's attention. I mean, I, I don't think you need to. And after MJF goes over, he cuts the promo. Thank goodness this is over. Now I can get the hell out of wherever town we're in. Right. Uh, Tina jumping in, uh, Isa. She says, MJF hinted at the next challengers. Eddie will win the title next fall. I had to. Sorry. Uh, Tina, MJF hinted at his next uh, victims. That's what he did. So, (laughs) Sorry, girl. (laughs) I will say Eddie Kingston did tweet not long after this promo aired. Uh, I'm not going to use the exact language he used, but he basically didn't. Apparently, Eddie Kingston was not in Indianapolis tonight. He was not there. And uh, once again said, you know, here's another, you know, here's another, here's another tough guy. Use different words. Uh, who, who, when I'm not there, can't keep my mouth, can't keep my name out their mouth. Uh, but when I am there, nothing to say. So don't know what that's about. But <laughs> okay, that is that. Mm-hmm. All right, Anna J up against Willa Nightingale. Willa Nightingale gets the win via pinfall after the match. 
we're going to hear uh, Ruby Soho's music, and uh, she is going to attack Ty Mello, uh, of course, who uh, was the one who broke Ruby's nose, which is why Ruby's been off TV for a while. Ruby Soho uh, from Lafayette, Indiana, so not mm-hmm. too far off from Indianapolis, mm-hmm. so getting a bit of the hometown response mm-hmm. as she uh, is back. And, um, yeah, again, got the pop, and you, she's not going to get any better pop in any, in any different city than any better city than Indianapolis. So uh, yeah. good timing here for this. Even welcome home chance too. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. The only th- the only thing is again here comes Ruby uh, doesn't need to be the sneak in from behind through the crowd person. I would have uh, much preferred her coming down the you know like a badass yeah. and just jumping in the ring and and huh, I don't know. It just it, it happens too often. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. I like that. I like that just because we saw how things kind of took her out and it was just such a cheap shot so I, I didn't mind it but I see your point and that would have been awesome as well I'm just happy to see her back hopefully she gets a big push here um two women's segments I know we're getting to the next one but two women's segments in a row on Dynamite tonight we saw backstage promo from DMD I was like what what show am I watching here good for them yeah see what happens when you don't do three ROH matches you can get <laughs> Um, all right, yeah, we get Jay Cargo coming out to celebrate that she's got her TNT title back from uh, Nyla Rose, who had stole it. Uh, she tells the baddies to get in line or to step. Didn't, does not like all the behavior and all the fraternizing some of the baddies are doing. Uh, but she proceeds to go on to talk about how she is. She basically, you know, I, I've done it here before. I've talked about the airport test, the sidewalk test. If you see somebody walking down the street, they look like somebody. That, and he, she basically says that she is that if you put her next to anybody in that locker room. The regular consumer is going to choose her. Oh, by the way, she's wearing a bikini that's made out of $100 bills. I feel like that's a that's a, a key thing to mention. She looks like money, uh, literally and figuratively. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then she proceeds to say that little Bow Wow is a joke. Of course, there's been this ongoing beef uh, with her and little Bow Wow. She showed up at uh, like, a, uh, like a signing he, he did. Well, then Bow Wow appears on the screen, but I couldn't tell you what the hell he said because I could barely hear it. It was so quick. Yeah, because he was coming via satellite from his Razer mobile phone from the last time he was relevant. I'm sorry. That was <laughs> so the wait a so wait, so wait a minute. So wait a minute. Isa, Isa. Isa. Okay. Isa, mm-hmm. you, you got you got you, you got you got two older you got two older white guys here uh-huh. uh, on each side of you. Please school us. Are you are you are you trying to tell us that Lil Bow Wow is not bigger than Bad Bunny? Last time. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Fighting words, of course not, of course not. But I think the last time he had a hitch, it was like with Ciara back in like 05. and that that is the the quality of the phone he was using for this promo that he got tonight. Wow, I was from Rosser, and I tell you, Jay, but did you see the cake that was sitting in that table for that celebration? Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, there was no budget. If you look like money, you can't even afford to order a cake that was baked better. Like, I don't, I'm not even a kitchen person. Not only could I bake a better cake than that, I would actually pay for somebody to bake cake for me. And that's what you would there expect. You, you know, it was yeah. very low budget it's, for somebody that's money. It's funny you say that because I, I had a moment too where I'm like, all right, she is standing there, beautiful and tough as hell, in a bikini made out of custom $100 bills. But then she has a table with a black cloth on it with a, a cake that's that small and like two yeah. balloons on each side. I was like, you got to go. The props department's got to step the game up. No, like, it, yeah, especially okay. when it's somebody that, that talks about being money. I look like money. I am money. There was nothing about that celebration that looked like money. Nothing. Like the budget for that was cut. Like catering. They don't have catering at this point because I would assume catering can make a better cake than that <laughs> monstrosity that we saw. And nobody went through the cake. So what was even the point of putting a cake yeah, on the table? Exactly. It, it looked like a cake that was bought at the supermarket. When, you know, no, 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 no. no. That was home baked by somebody that can't cook. Oh. <laughs> it's kind of like okay. what whatever whatever Tony Khan uh, it's kind of like the, the 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 fart and shirts that he had with the uh, the death match of the explosion and the pyro that didn't really go off that's kind of like whoever he hired to to to, to cater this segment celebration is kind of where this came but, through it was but, uh, but I, I will say this as much as uh, bow wow little bow wow whatever uh, Jade came out came out she looked like a star she 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 overshadowed him that's for sure yeah and and like you said the the setting didn't didn't gel with the presentation of her being as big as star as she came off as and, and she did the promo live mm-hmm. and this was the longest live promo i think she's done and it, she did she did sound good 
and yeah. and that that is a, that is progress for her because once upon a time they they did not put her out there for live promos. They kept they made pre tapes um, go to for her uh, to protect her. I think so. That's a good sign too that if, if they yeah. felt okay putting her out there for a couple minutes mm-hmm. to do the promo that she did. And I again I thought she hit all the notes just right. Uh, Bow Wow kind of like I said Bow Wow kind of brought it down because I couldn't couldn't tell what he was trying to say. Mm-hmm. So we'll. Uh, We'll see where this goes. All right, main mm-hmm. event time. It is match number three of the best of seven. Up two to nil is Death Triangle against the Elite. So match three, it comes, and uh, the Elite charges up the ramp on Death Triangle, who's making their entrance second. And uh, we, and I love these. We get a, we get a big old-fashioned brawl all over the place before the bell even starts. Uh, I always like that little bit of – and even though I, I like it because, again, if, you, if you're going to have a best of seven, presumably this is going to go with all seven matches. You do need to mix it up a little bit. So. Yes. Maybe I would have saved this for a little bit later in the series. Match three is maybe a little early. I kind of, you know, Jimmy and I are hockey guys. I kind of equate it to a hockey playoff series. By game five, things start getting real chippy because uh, eliminations are on the line and, and, and guys have had four games to, tr- to bloody each other up. So match three, a little early on, but nonetheless, I, I appreciate the, uh, the the change of pace to start it up here. Uh, very fast moving match, as you'd expect, with all six of these guys plus the extracurriculars outside. Mm-hmm. Finally, though, it's going to be uh, uh, Pac's going to go for his black arrow off the top rope. Matt Jackson's going to get the knees up, which is just going to cripple Pac, and um, Jackson just rolls him over, gets a nice one, two, three. So uh, victory for the Elite. Uh, So now it is two to one, and they did map out the schedule. Uh, They will not face each other next week. They'll face each other again at (laughs) at Winner's Coming, and then they proceed to be week after week after that, uh, if necessary. So which again, I I appreciated that graphic because if, you know, mm-hmm. sell to these towns that, that this is hey look, here's our best of seven. Here's here's when you're gonna get it. So I think that was uh, a smart move uh, for them to do uh, last moment there before they went off the air to show that graphic, that calendar, if you will, mm-hmm. of this best of seven series. Uh, Jimmy, did you like the match here? Uh, not my cup of tea. That that, that style of uh, you know balls to the walls, anything goes. Don't enforce any rules. <clears throat> and again, with the officiating, uh, I'm sorry, you know, as a former striped shirt, uh, that, that thing kind of bothered, you know, I get it. The match hasn't officially started. They're brawling all over the bill, all over the outside and stuff like that. They get into the ring, the referees outside the ring starts the match and then gets bumped out. I mean, like, you know what? That's a perfect opportunity to eliminate the referee from the match and have another one come down and fill in, and then you can go do But at the same time, once they got into the match, it, it went from chaos, and once they spilled into the ring and started the match officially, still chaos, at points yeah. you didn't realize who was legal and who wasn't, yeah. and then it broke down into a regular tag match for a little bit before going back to chaos. It just... It's, I get it's kind it, it, sorry, really quickly, if I can hear Justin. Yeah. It, 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 it's... I get it. There's an audience out there that are, that likes that sort of stuff where it's all, you know, big move after big move and just going crazy balls to the walls, whatever. Maybe. I like matches that have structure, you know, and, and I get that there's an audience for this kind of thing. It's just not my cup of tea. It just did nothing for me. Well, I mean, I guess, Jimmy, I guess to your point, you used to work. It's kind of like if it's before the match has started, the chaos is really good because it's, 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 it's true definition. It's chaos. But then if the bell rings, and the same chaotic behaviors happening, it is just burying the, the notion of the rules. Right. right. And and it made the chaos that happened before the bell seem like, well, why did you have to jump them then? Why did you have to start there if they could do chaos during the match and the rules don't get enforced? Mm-hmm. Anyway. I, I always, real quick to this point, and then and Issa, I'll toss to you. I, I, I always find, I always like to use this ironic uh, comparison. I, I, I love the Brett Vershawn in Montreal Survivor Series. Mm-hmm. Up until the you know thing happens, I love I love that formula, and you were part of it. We talked about it a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I love that formula. They, they, I mean, this is a blood feud between these guys, both storyline and personally, right? Mm-hmm. And they're fighting all over the building, and they're and and, and it's chaos. And they fought for fifteen minutes before the damn bell even rang, and they got them in the ring. Mm-hmm. But then they got in the ring, and they and then at that point they did still have all the blood. They did still respect the art of the rules. Right. You know, maybe Sean is the heel. He's choking him. One, two, three, four. But Sean let go before that five, before that DQ. You know, there was a respect to the rules. I say it's ironic because even those two guys follow the notion of let's not bury the ref in the rules up until we have a ref 
deliberately screw a guy mm-hmm. because the, right. the, because the boss told him to. But nonetheless, I always mm-hmm. think that's that that's the sense of irony is that even the Montreal screw job, they rep they respected the rules of pro wrestling right. and didn't right. bury the ref until the ref was forced to do it to keep his job. Right. Isa, uh, best of seven. Are you into this? A little. You know, I'm, I appreciate the break next week. Uh, I'll be honest. Like, I don't need to see it week after week. I do think that we know what Kenny Omega spent his suspension time doing because he is in tremendous shape. This might be the best shape we've seen Kenny Omega since AW came to fruition. Like, he looks incredible. However, I'm not sure he's going to make it out of this best out of seven because there was a few spots where the man looked like he was dropped on his neck to the point that I'm doing a wash along and I'm like, oh my God. And everybody in my shot is just like, is he okay? And you know, you see him move. He's like, let's not, let's not injure this guy. So just got back, you know, let's just take it easy. Um, I did like the the chaos in the beginning just to mix it up, as you said, but then we seen them bring up the little what is it, the little hammer, hammer thing that they use for the ring? But yeah, like we've seen it since full gear and in the last two matches. Can we like stay away from it for a little bit? I don't need it to be a part of every match. It did feel like a spot fest. It did, but I I enjoyed it for what it was, um, but like I said, I, I respect the break, and I like that the Elite won one here. I didn't want to see the 3-0 and then mm-hmm. having this whole, co- like I wanted, I actually would have preferred it to be more competitive, like one and one, one and one, one and one, mm-hmm. because that would have made, if we go all the way to seven, that match seven feel like a bigger deal, but overall, I mean, it, it's fun. I don't know that it should have main event there because we've seen it so many times but it, it, i'm not gonna nitpick on the elite being here it, you know they weren't here for a while so mm-hmm. why not uh, i mean yeah again uh playing monday morning quarterback <sighs> build the whole night to hearing from mjf finally and then that's the way to mm-hmm. go off the air he beep, beep attacks regal i mean mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah see see and people would be talking about it you know what i mean more than they are now. It, it was the way that segment ended was so good that that, that taking out of, of William Regal. That, uh, you're right, Justin. I think that, that would have been a um, amazing way to end the night. Uh, obviously, not on a positive note. For you right. know, where, where you go, ooh, but, you, but you're going, oh, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's that cliffhanger that makes you yeah. tune in next week. If yes. you just close the show with him living on a on a ambulance, like mm-hmm. what? That's not that's not something that we see from AW every week, and it would get people talking. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, especially when this is the third of what's going to probably be seven. You know, save save this. Mm-hmm. Let this let the seventh. Okay, the first one was the main event. Let the mm-hmm. seventh one be the main event. But two, you know, two through six, you can probably mix around and the, the show and and yeah. what happens. Have it start again, the show. Yeah. Start, Opening. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we have the luxury of doing this. We have the luxury of seeing it execute and then and then yeah. saying what we would have done otherwise. So <laughs> that's the magic of sitting in these chairs that we sit in uh, on Wednesday mm-hmm. night mm-hmm. after the fact. So that was uh, that was AEW Dynamite from Indianapolis. Uh, again, winter is coming is uh, two weeks away from tonight uh, with MJF having his first title defense. Uh, that'll actually be, uh, I believe, I believe that'll be the Wednesday right after they have their ROH final battle show as well. Mm-hmm. So we will yes. potentially we'll potentially see whatever. <clears throat> fall out there as it relates to Jericho and Claudio and whatever else comes out of Ring of Honor final battle. Uh, Issa, final thoughts for the night. I thought it was an enjoyable episode of Dynamite. There was there was a lot of highs. There was a lot of, you know, talking points. So I enjoyed it. I, I have fun watching this episode. And we saw two people come back from injury, which is something that always makes me happy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jimmy, how many pounds and what pound of a bag? Uh well, that's the thing. I, 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 there was stuff in the show that I enjoyed very much. And, and uh, obviously, like I said, the last match wasn't my cup of tea, but I could sit back and enjoy for what it was. It was, you know, a, a spot fest. Mm-hmm. And I could, I could, sh- I could shut off that part of my brain for, for at least for a match or so, you know what I'm saying? But at the same time, it's just the pacing throws me off. Uh, yes. Again, uh, wasn't quite 20 pounds of potatoes in a 10 pound bag, but I would say there were more than 10 pounds in that bag again tonight. That, uh, but the, the, the MJF Regals segment helped uh, give it time to breathe and get me invested, you know, and, and, and recharge my batteries. AEW either needs to get another, ba- needs to either get a bigger bag mm-hmm. or they need to get rid of some potatoes. Exactly. Maybe both. But I don't think anybody wants a three hour dynamite. No. <laughs> he eats his face when I said that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
that's one thing I'll say. I like starting this podcast in the 10 o'clock Eastern hour versus Monday night when mm-hmm. we're starting the 11 o'clock Eastern hour. Thank yes. you. But anyway, it's all good. It's all fun. Uh, mm-hmm. Thanks to all of you guys for the live chats, uh, hanging in there with us, doing like the watch party as you do. Of course, like, subscribe, do the thing, tell a friend, tell a friend, tell a friend. Uh, as always, tweet us. Let us know where in the world you are. What are you doing when you're checking this podcast out live or on the archive? Follow me at Justin LeVar across the socials. Follow her at NYC Demon Diva. Make sure the one is in your diva. And follow him at Jimmy Corderas and uh, and have a cup of Joe with him tomorrow morning on his Ref and Rant. Uh, give us a little preview. What's the Ref and Rant about tomorrow? Uh, it may have something to do with what I've been complaining about this evening. Pacing. Pacing. Of a show. Pacing. Pacing. All right. Don't drink your coffee too fast. Pace your your coffee. Exactly. Be... You don't have to guzzle coffee. You no. sit oh, and enjoy I it. I drink mine in two sips. Uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> Not needed, boys and girls. All right. Uh, like, subscribe, share, do the thing, leave a comment. Uh, Glenn and company will be back Friday night for SmackDown. Jimmy, Jack, and I will be back on Monday. And then, of course, Wrestling Inc. nonstop, 24-7, updating you with all the news going on in the pro wrestling world. You like it, you love it. Get some more of it here, the Wrestling Inc. podcast, all week long. It's been fun. We'll see you next time. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.